Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 313. 313. 313. 313. Now that sounds pretty official. <laughs> you know, and in another 20 episodes, we'll have the triple threes. And you know what that means? We're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> just another, in 20 episodes, just another, uh, you know, we'll be like 12, 13 years as a show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Three. Yeah, three, three, three. Whoa, we're halfway there. <laughs> Living on a flare. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into the show. No interviews on this one, but expect more to come. Uh, we have had a bunch of great ones. So Eric and I on this one, we'll have a couple cool albums to discuss. We got a lot of great new music to discuss, listen to. We'll get to those in just a moment. Some cool stuff that has been coming out recently. Well, I'm going to start on uh, April 15th for the band Revert. They released Uskol, Hardcore, Amendeku Discock, and Contingent Anime released live in studio on the slopes on Rusty Knife Records. Then on the 16th, Kanslan's Partisan, they released two singles. One was Mediterran, and the other is Sahalvutlunamund. Or something like that. Go look up the other one. You'll, you'll figure <laughs> out this one. <laughs> I don't believe I know that accent. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've fucked it up. Uh, on Mad Butcher Records on the 17th, Toxic Effects. They released Immune to the Media. That one's cool. I like it. You should check that out. Uh, they also did a re-release of The Braces' Ska Got Soul. Mad Butcher Records did on the 17th. Then Rancid dropped a new single, Don't, uh, don't Tell Me About Tomorrow. And... Uh, Actually, it's Tomorrow Never Comes. It's the actual title track. Right. But they do sing, Don't tell me about tomorrow. Exactly. tomorrow never comes. Yeah. We'll be getting into that in, uh, in T minus three minutes. <laughs> yes, we will be there very quickly. Uh, and to get there even quicker, Devin K and the Solutions on the 18th released Kinda Man, a single. Plastic Presidents, they released uh, Break Free, single. Brut, B-R-U-T, they released a demo, We Still Believe. They're from Australia. It's a two-tracks demo. Broken Bomb released Full Mental Racket on Catabomb Records. Ink Bomb released a new single called Theme Song. That's the Ink Bomb theme song. Uh, K. Iman, they released En Entendant La Tempe on Pogo Records. High Standard released I'm a Rat. That's a single. Desert Island Boys released Chazd Bangers, which is an EP on Asteroid M Records. Then we're going to go to the 20th on 420. Yes, there's always somebody willing to release something on 420 each year. A lot of straight edge records. <laughs> <laughs> Just in protest. <laughs> or a lot of Christian straight edge records. You there know? you go. Pick up a Bible, not the joint. <laughs> and I say, uh, Bible, 420? Yes, which book? John 420? Okay. Uh, maybe not that one. Maybe you meant Corinthians. Uh, what about Leviticus? That makes a little less sense, actually. you got to be more specific, Christians. <laughs> uh, the couple 420 releases I have, Lost Cat and Black Mambas did a split single on Wapshuwap Records. 
Destructifux released Destructifux Presents The Useless Strictly by Accident. That's a full length. Uh, on the 21st, Crown Court released Heavy Manners. UEX, they released Mort Seng. And then on the 21st, also God Patrol released self-titled God Patrol. Blisterhead released Bad Blood EP. Argyle Goolsby put out a new single called La Petite Mort. Sewerheads released self-titled EP. Bed on Red released Invictus. Slugger released Rabid Dog 7-inch. Knockdown released Last Impression. Doki Doki released a self-titled Doki Doki, D-O-K-I. I believe it's uh, Doki Doki. Okay, we'll go with that. Doki Doki uh, released Doki Doki on Asian Man Records. Don't Try released Boiler Suit, which is a single. The Slugger's awesome. Sewerheads is awesome. I've already heard those. Crown Court, fantastic. Uh, great releases there on the 21st. Then on the 24th, Pure Heel released Freedom, which is listed as a single, but there's actually three tracks there. That's on Irish Voodoo Records. Spanish Love Songs released Doom and Gloom Sessions on Pure Noise Records. Half Past Two released a new single called Things You See in Me. Chernobyl will be releasing on the 26th, Fas Moore, which is an EP on UVPR. Alex Hellcat will be releasing a new single called Loyal Companion on the 27th. The Damned are releasing Darkadelic on the 28th. The Rumperts are releasing New Age Jesus on Zbam Records. Teenage Bottle Rockets releasing an EP called So Dumb, So Stoked on Pirates Press. Killer Kin's releasing self-titled Killer Kin on Dead Beat Records. Senseless is releasing the Samba Sessions on Damn It Records. Then on the 29th, Narcoleptic Youth is releasing One Nation Under Nothing. Then Intellectual is releasing Together on Melodic Punk Style on the 2nd. Lasso's releasing Ordem Imaginata on Static Shock Records on the 3rd. Clayface will be releasing Living Proof. Sorry, ailments, rather. <laughs> wrong band. Looking at the wrong line there. Clayface is releasing ailments on Horn and Hoof Records. Eric laughed because he knows about this next release. Drain releasing Living Proof on Epitaph Records. Because <laughs> I'm looking directly at it on my <laughs> list. Uh, and then the, there's a handful that will be released on the 5th. The rest of my list is all on the 5th, including Galactic Empire releasing Special Edition on Pure Noise Records. Reckless Upstarts releasing We Walk Alone on Insurgents Records in Canada, LSM Vinyl here in the States, and Tough Ain't Enough Records over in Europe. Aofi Destruction of Paranoid Visions, and I'm probably mispronouncing it. It's an Irish name, A-O-I-F-E, Destruction. Uh, she's also in Paranoid Visions, is releasing an EP called In the Blink of an Eye on RotaryVinyl.com. Angry Corpses will be releasing Resurrected, which is an EP on Upstate Records. Jughead's Revenge releasing Vultures, which is an EP on Spam Records. The Bull Weevils releasing Essential. The Hip Priests releasing Roden House Blues. Boot Boys out of Chile are releasing Desde el Infierno. And finally, The Stress will be releasing a new EP called Never Die. My list was very long. Eric, what do you have to add? Uh, not too much. Some of them I, yeah, some of them I talked about last week. Uh, on the 16th, the band Monstrology. They are a, a sort of death grind band, sort of death metal, whatever. They released a single called The Third Switch and Dripping with Fear. Those are two separate songs. That, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, then on the 20th, Portrayal of Guilt released Devil Music. I haven't listened to that yet, but it's Portrayal of Guilt. You can expect it to be pretty brutal. On the 28th, 
Enforced will be releasing War Remains. That's just in a few days, and I'm so stoked. And yes, then on the 5th, a week from now, well, not exactly a week from today, but you know, next week, Drain will be release Living Proof. And I'm excited to be hearing that. I'm not excited that I will not be seeing them live. I am still very butthurt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Incredibly. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got for uh, uh, the newest releases. The only other ones are stuff that you've already mentioned. Well, one is one that you've already mentioned, and I'm going to be talking about it now. It's the new Rancid song. Yeah, it's been about three minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> A few seconds, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Rancid. This was a bit of a surprise to me. I had no idea that Rancid were, you know, creating something. Then again, they haven't exactly been, uh, you know, vocal about much anything. Right. <laughs> you know, they'll, uh, I mean, the only thing else I've heard about Rancid is like, hey, we're headlining PRB again. Uh, great. I'll see you there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they did this release after, because this release, the full length, comes out on June 2nd. I know. PRB is going to be come and gone, so they could have totally had their albums for the day they were there and had a sh big, fat fucking stack of them, and I bet they'd sell out. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe they're doing like a promo party down there. Maybe. Yeah, but then again, it's rancid. They could do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, but the... Uh, they are going on tour like right afterwards. They're doing some uh, uh, some cities in the U.S., but then they're going over to Europe and the U.K. and uh, doing all that, and then coming back here, doing a few d dates over here. And I don't know what's uh, what's going on afterwards. Cool. Well, they all so, have so many other bands and projects they work in, so I'm sure all those guys stay pretty busy. Oh uh, yeah, busy they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Lars yeah. was just over in Germany recording with Stomper 98 within the last few weeks. I saw pictures of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and now Jesse is back into the picture with uh, Tim Armstrong. Yeah. It's like, when are we going to get the Op Ivy? Hmm? Right. Is that going to be next year's headliner at PRB? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. You know that's going to sell out within seconds. Yeah. Because that's like... Next to uh, next to Minor Threat and or Fugazi reuniting, Op Ivy is like the the top band to see uh, for people to be requesting a reunion. I bet because I mean we got the Misfits and we got Choking Victim, and I mean Iggy Pop is still kicking around, amazingly so. Right, <laughs> but it's like okay, Op Ivy, let, let's see what happens. I know. I mean, Ian McKay won't do it because he's not going to sell out. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, but never say never. And I guess uh, if Henry Rollins comes back to Black Flag for a set. So like, mm -hmm. That would be something. That would be amazing. <laughs> maybe not even a set. Maybe Flag will just have him on for a couple of songs. He does Damaged and My War or something like that. Because <laughs> I know they swap out singers like uh, Keith Morris does most of the set, but then Des Kadena does a block of songs that he sang when he was the lead vocalist for a minute. Okay. Yeah. So if they can convince Henry, but I don't think Henry's interested in being a front man anymore. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. One day, well, we he, might get lucky. Well, he is a front man, just not singing, yelling, or you know, being all <laughs> pissed off. Now he's just uh, now he's just the funny guy who's got a lot of interesting stories to tell. Sure. And uh, yeah, I like listening to his spoken word. He's very <laughs> he's very enticing, very entertaining. 
Anyway, uh, back to Rancid. Yes, Tomorrow Never Comes. That's going to be their first album that they've released since uh, Troublemaker in 2017. A full, uh, how much is that, six years? Yeah. Yeah, six years. And and yeah, as far as the single's concerned, it's not a bad inaugural song for this established band of 35 years, you know, <laughs> as it allows each member to shine. And it contains, you know, rancid tokens. Like, it's fast, it's aggressive and catchy. Every member gets a chance to shine. Tim sings the verses, Lars the pre-chorus with his scratchy tenor voice that holds a uh, holds a melody until it yields to him la- yelling the last four words. <laughs> and Matt holds on to one word in the chorus while Tim and Lars chant the rest. And Lars shreds away on a guitar <laughs> solo. So yeah, very promising, this one. And this is going to be the first song that you hear on the LP itself. It's the opening track. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, Rancid, I know you're never going to remake Outcome the Wolves or Let's Go, but this is already starting to sound better than Troublemaker. <laughs> you know, you, that's the thing you can expect for a band like Rancid these days. Don't expect them to do Outcome the Wolves or, or Indestructible or anything like that because that was them in their heyday. They are past that. Now they're a legend band, <laughs> sort of <laughs> you know, a legacy band, pretty much. And. At this point, I can only hope that they can make an album as good as Honor Is All We Know. That, I think, was the last good album that they released. I'm not a fan of Troublemaker. A lot of it just sounded okay. It was way too long. (laughs) Way too long, way too mediocre. There were a few good standout tracks on there, like Bobber Rock and Roll and the the actual sort of title track, which is Troublemaker, but it's got about five words before it. (laughs) I don't even remember it. Much as I don't remember the rest of that album. But anyway, that's all I can hope is just to have an acceptable album. Right. <laughs> that's all you can expect for these types of bands anymore. And sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't. But they will always pale in comparison to their, you know, to the album that's held at the highest standard. But as far as the song's concerned, like I said, it just sounds like a classic Rancid track. Don't believe me? Well, let's listen to it. Fuck it down Don't you tell me about tomorrow 
that sounds like rancid to me. <laughs> me too. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's just so, it's so uppity. I think that's in part to uh, uh, them having Brett Gurowitz as a producer on this one, well, on this whole album. But yeah, it's starting to show. It's like, yeah, who better to produce a rancid album that sounds like classic rancid than the man who arguably made them famous? <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, I mean, most of our listeners are probably well aware of this fact, but in the off chance that a younger viewer is listening, younger than me, <laughs> Brett Gurowitz of Bad Religion founded Epitaph Records and signed bands like Bouncing Souls, like Rancid, and eventually the likes of Pennywise and No Effects. And No Effects went off to do their own thing with Fat Records. Even Rancid did a little uh, subsidiary of Hellcat. And, uh, but then they also signed The Offspring. And then Smash came out, and then Punk broke. Yep. <laughs> yes. So you have Epitaph to thank for all the overplayed dad punk songs of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Epitaph. But hey, it's better than butt rock. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I should know. I inadvertently listen to the radio every day, and God, I hate it. God, I hate it. God. <laughs> Get a fucking defined palette, you little shit. That's the guy I work with. Anyway. <sighs> now I am at Zen. <laughs> I'm at peace. I found my Zen because I'm not there. <laughs> the point is, um, yeah, the point is Brett Gurowitz made these guys who they are today because, well, he was uh, spending days and nights figuring out his uh, production style and just trying to make every band that came through sound like, well, a punk band that could still be palatable. And because every band was looking at Bad Religion like, yeah, that's what I want to sound like. <laughs> yep, they set the caveat for uh, uh, for skate punk. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what followed suit into the, uh, into the 90s. If you want to learn more, read Do What You Want by Jim Rulin, the biography of Bad Religion. <laughs> and also the autobiography of Greg Graffin, which I have yet to read. <laughs> but I'm sure he talks about it in there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is a very promising lead single. Hopefully, um, most, if not all of the album lives up to that standard because I mean, that's their best foot forward. Hopefully the next foot doesn't hit a pothole, right? You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, uh, I got high hopes, but we will find out till we won't find out until June or maybe a little before that. I'm, because Rance is going to be playing punk rock bowling, I'm pretty certain they're going to be playing some, uh, you know, some brand stinking new tracks, mm -hmm. some unreleased live tracks. I bet they drop another single or two. Yeah, I bet they will. Maybe right before. We'll see. We'll see. And I'll have my I'll have my ears open. If anything, I think their second single may be a ska track. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's Rance. You got to have your token ska song in there. <laughs> well, I'll say Rance. If somebody asked, who's your favorite band, I would probably pick Rancid. And it's just because of overall their body of work, when I listened, how much I listened. I really do enjoy that band. Realistically, like uh, I would tell somebody, if that's not the answer you want to hear, ask the question a different way. What do you listen to most at this point? You know, at this point. <laughs> right. It would be a different answer. I don't listen to Rancid all the time. But favorite band? Probably Rancid. I mean, with the body of work mm -hmm. like they have and how much I really do love that band, uh, that's who I pick. That's a yeah, that's a good way of going about it. For me personally, the uh, what constitutes my favorite band or bands 
are the ones that had the uh, the most significant effect on me and sure. my sort of a, a musical palette. I mean, that's why Flogging Molly is my favorite band because that challenged me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, being the little uh, impressionable uh, headbanger in you know the age of thirteen. <laughs> Where any music that didn't have distorted, uh, distorted guitar riffs, guitar solos, or screaming or roaring vocals was bad on principle. <laughs> so here in the music of Flogging Molly, it was like, no, nope, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but after uh, you know, after a few twists of the arm from my best friend to tell him, telling me you gotta listen to him, you gotta listen to him. I was like, yeah, I uh, I listened to him. And I submit they are great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what just burst me out of the metal bubble and forced me, not forced me, but influenced me to check out other types of music. So, yeah, Flogging Molly, they've been my favorite band since I was 15. But you know that because I had a whole episode dedicated to their music <laughs> last year. <laughs> and that was just because I had seen them live for the 10th time. And this year I'll be seeing them for the 11th time. Same thing with Bad Religion, by the way. I have seen both bands the same amount of times as of right now. Nice. Yep. Ten times. Where's oh your Flogging Molly tattoo? Uh, it takes time. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. I'm not sure what I want to get. I'm looking at your Bad Religion tattoo, so I'm asking, where's that Flogging Molly tattoo? Well, patience <laughs> is a virtue, my friend. <laughs> I've only got, of my top five bands, I only have two that are tattooed on me. The other one being a Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I don't have my Slayer one yet, though that is going to be a whole chess piece. I've had that idea for I don't know how long anymore. <laughs> it's going to be badass. It's going to be brutal. And, yeah, trial. I don't even know what I would do. I don't know. Probably get the uh, – I'm wearing the trial shirt right you now. You sure are. Probably get the uh, back print of it, which is just you can't kill an idea. You know, with uh, Greg sticking his mic out into the crowd and everybody going crazy. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get that on my back. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> have a typical hardcore back print. <laughs> okay, that would be funny. That would be really funny. But no, I already got ideas for my back. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of tattoo ideas. I don't have a lot of tattoo money, but I got a lot of time to get them. So working on trying to merge those two together. <laughs> yeah, I'm working I'm working on it. And also trying to find the artist that will be happy to do that and do it in a way where I'm just like, this is how I want it done. Right. Yeah. Nothing but red, white, and black. <laughs> well, at least on the Slayer piece. I mean, it's, it's going to be infernal because it's inferno. It's going off of the nine circles of hell from uh, Dante's uh, Divine Comedy. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And, of course, it's going to be like hell awaits and all the demons are coming out. It's going to have all the Slayer artwork on there. Come on. How could I not? <laughs> Uh, but in time, I've been sitting on that idea for years. And if you sit on a tattoo idea for longer than about maybe four years, five years even, then that's how you know it's a good idea. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, we were talking about Rancid. <laughs> well, so, yeah, great, great yeah. new song. Hopefully a great new album. Look forward to seeing it. Uh, let's talk about something that's a, a little more... Uh, Lesser known, I guess. Got several bands again, trying to get caught up, as I said. Uh, so got several bands that have reached out. We're going to play their music, talk about it, listen to it together. First up, Voice of Addiction out of Chicago and Illinois. I really like the album artwork for Divided States. You should check it out. 
Uh, I think whoever they got to do it did a fantastic job. The album came out August 5th of 2022, so not 2023, but still very new. It's only, I don't know, where are we at? April, May, so I don't know, nine months. We'll say not, about nine months ago. Uh, the band's been together since 2004. Ian sent me an email, so thank you, Ian, back in January. Glad I'm finally getting to him. Uh, <laughs> got so many, and I apologize to people for not getting back to you sooner, but we are going to get there. Divided States is the album that came out in August. The track we're going to check out together is called Bought and Sold, so here we go with some voice of addiction. We are real with disease and the through our pores. Yeah, just your guarantees for the dirt and the poor. Giving up our rights and our saturated motives. Reaping all the profits, burning up to the grave. Come with your soul, this is it, this is war. Why did it have to be a constant fight to be free? Yeah, by your attack, that we are all subtracted. Picking up the table, scrapping, still remaining north. It's a fucked situation, but you're robbing from the poor. Yeah. 
and sold voice of addiction. What'd you think? Well, I thought that was pretty heavy. Right. <laughs> that's like some, uh, yeah, that's just some uh, ska core type stuff. Right. Well, ska minus the horns. Yeah. Ska minus the horns, add the core. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that, that was great. I really enjoyed it. They're awesome. Uh, I really dig that band. Uh, check them out. Not everything sounds like that. So I think they kind of have a little variety there uh, in Divided States. Voice of Addiction did release Shinigami as, as an early single. I played it nearly a year ago on this show. Go way back to episode 264. Yes, if you forgot already, we're on episode 313. On 264, middle of May last year, they released early the single Shinigami. And we played that way back then. But then the album came out in August. Now we're playing something again as the album is still new. So uh, great band. Go check out Voice of Addiction. Next up, a band that we've played before. Uh, the band is Freedom. They're from Ostfold in Norway. Uh, always thank you to Torsten. Torsten is fantastic in a few bands. Always sharing the music that him, his bands, uh, I think friends' bands and so forth, basically keeping us up on some great shit out of Norway so we can all check it out together. Uh, freedom, that's F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B, Freedom, uh, but all one word. Uh, freedom, they released Social Hangover on October 7th. Uh, Torsten also plays in Norsk Rack and Freak, uh, Freaksjon, Freaksjon probably, and I just did, over on Pocono Worldwide, ska episodes as uh, I did a split into a one and two, just released yesterday, and, well, actually the day before, by the time you're hearing this, and uh, Torsten, his band Norsk Rock just came out with a new album, so you can go check that out. I played that new stuff over on Pocono Worldwide. On this one, we're going to be playing Freedom off of Social Hangover. The band, Social, or Freedom, rather, started way back in 2003. The album came out, uh, again, October, on fucking North Pole Records. What a great label, huh? <laughs> fucking North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought fucking was in Austria. <laughs> yes, I know this because of me being friends with so many edgy teen kids back when I was uh, also uh, edgy teen, but it wasn't so much to say I was from either hell Norway or fucking Austria. <laughs> yeah, there was a hell Norway. So thank you for teaching me geography, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just learned something new. I didn't know those. Uh, what you're about to learn is how cool Heavy Steps is. It's off Social Hangover. Here's Freedom. Welcome. 
Well, that was great, right? No, I have to say that uh, you know the name of their band, the Free Dumb. I have it engraved in my head to correlate that title with Suicidal Tendencies, <laughs> as it is the name of their album. More specifically, the album that has Psycho Vision on it. Oh, nice. So yes, Free Dumb. <laughs> so therefore i was expecting this to be more of a uh crossover band and kind of i mean it's not exactly thrashy but it's uh <laughs> it's fast enough you know it would appease a lot of thrashers i suppose but uh but point is it was good yes <laughs> it was good you fucking norwegians y'all was belting out some some cool shit despite you having the uh uh, one of the lowest murder rates in all of, uh, in basically in the entire world. <laughs> I learned that from Metalocalypse. <laughs> I remember because that was a great quip. It's you know all the guys are going over to Norway, the birthplace of black metal. Think it's going to be the most brutal s- country they've ever been to, and it's no, it is so normal over <laughs> there. And then Nathan explosion. He's doing some research on Norway, and he's like. You realize that the murder rate is the lowest in the world? You're telling me the the murder rate in Canada is higher than that of Norway. <laughs> Man, this place really sucks. <laughs> and then Pickles the drummer chimes in, yeah, at least in Wisconsin we got crystal meth. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. So, so, yeah, despite the fact that Norway is probably the most peaceful country to live in, allegedly, then... Uh, yeah, way to be angry at something. <laughs> There's always something to be angry about. Who the fuck am I? But uh, but yeah, freedom. You guys kick ass. Well, uh, Eric, ask and you shall receive. Uh, first, I want to thank Torsten again. Uh, love freedom. Love Norsk Rock. Love supporting his bands. Love supporting Norway. To give Eric what he's asking for, we're going to play a crossover punk band from Fort McMurray in Alberta. Uh, the band is described as a mix between DRI and suicidal tendencies. Eric had no idea what we were getting into next, but yeah, <laughs> he, he's mentioning these things, and guess what? It's on its way. Uh, I want to thank Sean for reaching out and sharing the stuff for the band Supermodel Taxidermy. That's the name of the band. I love that name. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's like a... That's like House of Wax, you know. But instead of like making it a you know historical, you just probably uh, sell that as like if Runway Magazine was to make a museum. <laughs> I was like, we, you want mannequins to be holding all your high fashion, the the uh, oh my god, the standard setters, the top tier fashion statements that you made throughout the years. No, we're going to use former models, the ones who have passed and gone. <laughs> but their bodies are still are still fresh, right? <laughs> yeah, just do. A, oh man, oh that would be cool. That'd be like a uh, that'd be like a Frankenstein type uh, <laughs> uh, type narrative. All right, I'm gonna trademark that shit and make it a B movie. <laughs> yeah. And supermodel taxidermy, I'll be reaching out to you to provide the soundtrack. Boom. Yeah, I haven't even heard you yet, but I know that you're gonna be perfect for it. Sean, expect to hear from Eric. Uh, I want to say I think this is the first band from Fort McMurray that we've played. We played bands from Alberta before, but first from Fort McMurray, as far as I can remember, they released a single called "Blood Painted Dash." See. Kind of going along with the theme, right? Blood painted dash. Like Blood painted dash. <laughs> it's like a. 
Like writing a sign in human blood that says, uh, "Man, I don't even know." What I you think they're say. talking about the dashboard, like a car accident, and it's a blood painted dashboard. Oh, okay, now I think I, that's where I that's for going. Oh, okay, blood painted, not da- like a hyphen. All right, now that's uh, that's actually pretty brutal. All right, <laughs> all right, Eric. We're gonna see if you agree with what some people describe the band as. Uh, this is their first single, "Blood Painted Dash." It was released November second of twenty twenty two. Uh, on an album that is scheduled to come out at some point here in 2023. I don't have those dates. Maybe we'll get those before too long. And I look forward to playing them again. But before we play them again, we got to play them for the first time. So here goes. It's Supermodel Taxidermy with Blood Painted Dash.
So what'd you think? Well, I definitely heard some uh, suicidal in there, mainly because suicidal actually uh, really got down the solo aspect of thrash. Mm -hmm. DRI, not so much. There, they had some uh, solos in there, but Spike was not much of a shredder. He was definitely a great riff writer, though. Whereas uh, in Suicidal, Rocky George, also a pretty great guitarist, but he knew how to lay down some licks. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it definitely felt more like a uh, more like a Suicidal minus the voice. The voice can't really put a. Uh, <clears throat> I say that as my voice cracks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't really put my finger on it, but you know, it's got a bit of a. Uh, it's got a bit of a sinister overtone. It sounds like it could be in a in a horror movie of sorts. So yeah. Now I have confirmed that you guys, uh, supermodel taxidermy, you will be the, you will be the sound, the musical uh, score to my most likely not happening B movie. <laughs> <laughs> now well, we got to fund it, Eric. We're going to go on a GoFundMe, give people the premise. We're going to raise money and make this B movie. Oh, yes. Even better. We'll make a album movie. <laughs> yeah, move over the wall. You have a new champion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, great. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Sean. That was Supermodel Taxidermy from Fort McMurray. Go check out Pl Blood Painted Dash. We're looking forward to the album. Eric, we're going to get to some more music. Uh, in this case, it is probably some older, lesser known. In both instances, I still have some more music that's shared but we'll get to mine after we get to yours. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, older, definitely. Lesser known, depends on where you come from. <laughs> right. <laughs> because from my neck of the woods, this song was fucking everywhere. Wow. Yeah. I've no. never even heard of this band. Yep, probably because, well, you weren't there, man. <laughs> this was a band, well, let me get into them. This was a band called I Set My Friends on Fire. And no, they do not have anything to do with the same name of Aiden's arguably most famous song. They deny that. Yeah, so they said it was coincidental. I'm like, that's a pretty long shot for it being coincidental. I mean, I set my friends on fire. Who else says that? <laughs> uh, but whatever. They, uh, these guys, they formed in Miami in uh, 2007. And they were part of the MySpace musical boom in the 2000s, which consisted of scores of bands in the emo, pop-punk, post-hardcore, screamo, and metalcore genres that appealed to the youth in that time period, a lot of whom made waves throughout the scene with their songs being played multiple times on MySpace, if not just for the music, but the outrageous names of the bands and songs alike. <laughs> I touched on that a little bit ago when I talked to... Uh, uh, when I talked about every time I die, because you know they were saying that they uh, might break up, and it looked like they were going to break up, and then they didn't. <laughs> but regardless, they're still an awesome band to talk about. But I was touching on how bands would like name themselves as well as their songs and albums, totally ridiculous song titles, uh, just ridiculous names. I mean, yeah, I set my, my friends on fire is on par with. Uh, you know, the Devil Wears Prada and Chiodos. I wrestled a bear once. <laughs> we butter the bread with butter. <laughs> and Chunk, no Captain Chunk. <laughs> and Bowling for Soup. <laughs> That's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. You know, now I wasn't exactly a part of that scene, you know, but I saw it happening. I went to school with a lot of these kids. How did I know? 
not necessarily because of the music that they listened to, but how they looked. These kids were bringing back the whole like uh, 80s glam uh, uh, sort of uh, sort of look. You know, the teased hair and the uh, very tight-fitting pants, but there was a uh, there was a difference in them. They were modeling themselves after anime uh, characters. They were, you know, they were doing like the tease hair, the A cut, the swoop over, and they had like big neon colors in their hair and in their outfits and the, and the t-shirts. There was a lot of t-shirts out there that had these cartoonish depictions of like pretty violent, uh, pretty violent things happening. Looked like it came straight out of a manga. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, on par with this, uh, huge anime boom and this, uh, and this huge wave of similar music just it just fucking engulfed the youth and i was wondering why like how did this fucking happen i do kind of have a theory cuz in the in the late 90s and 2000s uh, Jap- uh japanese animated tv shows were becoming uh, pretty big in uh in uh, in europe and the americas and i remember this because I was obsessed with a few of those early shows. It wasn't until like uh, Pokemon came and just infiltrated the U.S. market. <laughs> then along came Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon and uh, got Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and uh, Naruto, One Piece. They all, they all had the English dubs come over to the uh, market and a lot of kids were eating that up. And I was eating it up, not as much, because I'm not that much of an anime fan. I loved watching Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was a kid, but it just never really grew with me. So, and if I were to get into it now, I would not know where to begin. That thing is just an, it's an ocean. (laughs) It's so fucking, it's like two oceans. (laughs) Because you have the the series, and you have the manga. And then you have all the movies. It's such a, oh god. But the teens at that time, they they loved it. And like I said, they were modeling themselves afterward and inexplicably had a lot of Hello Kitty merchandise. Right. Uh, probably because it was the cutest thing that they had. <laughs> and, and of course, all this music appealed to them because it was speaking to the inner teenage angst. You know, a lot of songs about breakups, a lot of songs about not being understood by your peers or your parents or society being a mess. So, uh... Yeah, a lot of hardcore kids could have uh, <laughs> appealed, could have uh, latched onto that as well. Right. It's, yeah, a lot of hardcore bands were singing about the exact same thing. They just used, uh, you know, different words, different anecdotes, and uh, had a different way of presenting that music. <laughs> but bands like I Set My Friends on Fire, they just sort of came up in between. They were poppy enough, and they were heavy enough. So let's... <laughs> I'm going on and on about this, but this is because this is probably the only time I will talk about I Set My Friends on Fire on here. <laughs> and why this song? <clears throat> well, because it was a song that they did with the with the comedy group Smosh. Now, Smosh was a, uh, it's a YouTube channel, but it was, uh, it was a project of uh, sketch comedies that was founded by uh, Anthony Padilla and Ian Hecox. Or Hecox? Hecox? He sucks, Cox? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure he's heard that a million times. Uh, uh, Ian, he sucks, Cox. (laughs) 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 He found it in 2002. And they've been uploading videos to YouTube since 2005 and are still going strong to this day. Wow. Yeah, these are the OGs, among the many OGs. 
And these guys also appealed to the youth at that time with their screwball comedy and also the fact that their appearance mirrored that of the teens in the MySpace multiverse. Yeah, I need not go down that uh, dusty road again. <laughs> you all get the idea. So naturally, a crossover was inevitable. And enter the song Sex Ed Rocks. <laughs> yeah. They teamed up in 2008 to release a song and accompanying music video. And while it raises some valid points, it's, it goes through this bullet point list of all like the trials and tribulations a young man will go through uh, when facing puberty. Only this is not your typical like after school PSA of, <laughs> that you hear in like a maturation program. Of course, it's done with their irreverent lowbrow comedy, and the music video itself is no different. The music video, it's, oh man, how do I describe it? It's, well, let me say, it prefaces that this was a school project that ultimately got the students expelled and wasn't seen since, <laughs> until now. <laughs> the video looks like it was filmed by high school students. It is got below standard costumes with typical dialogue and the band is shown performing on a playground with a play school microphone, inflatable guitars and the drum kit from rock band. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I recommend you check out that music video cause it's pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, but for now we'll have to uh, listen to the song and see if you can uh, uh, catch some of the lyrics because it's lowbrow comedy, but it, it's still pretty fucking funny. And I learned a lot about sex listening to this song, so <laughs> hopefully you guys will too. Or maybe you'll relearn because I think some of us have kind of forgot what it means to be, uh, well, a full-grown adult. <laughs> so here we are, Sex Ed Rocks by our friends in I Set My Friends on Fire and the, G and the Goats of Smosh. <laughs> Oh! 
Yeah, did you catch any of that? <laughs> Not much, no. <laughs> well, I have the whole thing memorized, admittedly. I have seen this a million times, but I was guess it's funny. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that didn't catch the lyrics, and for those of you who are not my age, who haven't heard this song outside of the, you know, like I said, it's a generational thing. <laughs> the opening lyrics were, there comes a time in every man's life where he used to grow hair, where it used to be, where he grows hair, where it used to be bare. <laughs> <laughs> True, but I, I know you're feeling weird, but you should be happy. It would be that you don't have a vagina. It would be crappy because periods suck <laughs> and commas rule. <laughs> this is sex education, not grammar, fool. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, look up the rest of those lyrics. You'll be like, okay, this is. This is really dumb, but even more so, don't even look up the lyrics. Look up the video because there is, in this uh, version, the the actual dialogue is omitted. Yeah, because it starts off with this little kid on a bench, and he's wearing a he's wearing one of those little caps with a propeller on the top, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, you know, the guy just sit, this guy just sits next to him. What's wrong, Billy? I'm feeling kind of strange down there. <laughs> well, could it be the ice cream you spilt on your pants? <laughs> <laughs> can anyone tell me what's happening to my body and then the song begins nice uh, yeah that that's just one of the little little things on there so yeah you could call this uh, for me i could call this a guilty pleasure but at the same time it was meant to sound as silly as it is because that was the sort of motif for bands at that time but some of them were just like uh you know Funny at surface level, meaning just the names and the song titles were funny, but they were actually pretty profound in their lyrics. So, so yeah, some of them are still around to this day. Most of them are gone. <laughs> I got, right. I haven't heard much from, uh, I haven't heard much from Chiodos or when, uh, or when pianos become teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a song title by him. But all those bands. Even some of the good ones have either uh, changed their sound like, uh, or just changed their overall disposition. Like uh, Devil Wears Prada, they're not so much, uh, you know, harping on that, you know, on their past style. Now they're looking to be a bit more uh, proficient, <laughs> looking more like an actual uh, metalcore band who is uh, well-seasoned and is uh, aged past their prime, <laughs> arguably. Uh, but that just means that kids are growing up. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, you know I never fell into that scene. Never got. Never really liked the music or really what they were singing about. Or I just kind of became a fan by association because <laughs> a lot of my friends just came went into that, and of course I would mock them like, dude, you're you're drawing Hello Kitty on your binder. That's totally gay. <laughs> <laughs> Back then when being called gay was just a, a little schoolyard quip to, you know, say something was lame. Right. And nowadays that ju- that shit gets you canceled. Fuckers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Do not get me started on that. The point is, uh, some of that song, some of those songs, that music, those bands leaked over into my uh, regular rotation of songs on my iPod, which mostly consisted of... Uh, 70s rock and roll and 80s metal and some uh, old school 90s and 2000s new metal, groove metal, and just a snippet of metalcore in there. I was kind of a closeted metalcore fan because uh, that was a little too close to being emo. <laughs> yeah. 
God, an emo was such a blanket statement for all those bands. Right? <laughs> Going from pop punk to metalcore. It's like emo. No, no. Just like screamo. Any band that has uh, <laughs> vocals that sound like this is screamo. Not necessarily. Right. Not every band that growls is a death metal band either. <laughs> oh, God. I, I've studied this shit for years. <laughs> Too many years. Uh, the, the downside of being a music fan, you can just never stop. Uh, never stop talking about music and pointing out all the facts and just talking about the evolution of it. That's me. The point is, some of the music stuck with me. Some of the music I go back and laugh that I used to like it. <laughs> and this is one of them. But it was always meant to be laughed at. <laughs> It was just kind of like, yeah, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. We love our music. We love what we do. And we, do, we are serious about our art, but we're not serious about ourselves. So laugh along with us. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I got to appreciate that, you know, in hindsight. It was actually pretty ingenious because <laughs> it was, albeit a flash in the pan, still some, uh, still some shit that stuck with us, like hair metal and glam metal, <laughs> True. And glam rock. You know, most of those bands are gone or well past their prime. Quiet Riot just plays bars now. Quiet Riot, the singer, he died a while back. I, they probably have mm -hmm. somebody else singing. But they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. But the uh, the point is, like, a lot of those bands are either broken up or dead. Yeah. Or, or they're not playing, uh, they're not headlining open air festivals anymore. That's true. Not doing great arena tours. Some of them do. But like I said, last time Quiet Riot was here, they played Liquid Joe's. <laughs> Not only is Liquid Joe's just a podunk fucking bar, such shitty sound. God, <laughs> I played there like three or four times. A bolt every time. It was like, dude, dude, you guys suck. <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on the sound guy. I guess it depends on the band. But it's just, a, it's not that great a venue. And Quiet Riot played there. Granted, Nile played there too, but. Uh, <laughs> Niall played a better venue last time they were here. That's good. <laughs> they got a better draw. Maybe their, uh, maybe their uh, tour manager was fucking up that day, or maybe that was the only venue they could get. I would know now because I'm trying to book a show in July for a uh, boss's daughter, and I am coming up dry on venues. No one is available. It is fucking bizarre. Wow. Uh, I'm keeping in touch with uh, Chris, just saying, look, I'm trying, man, but. Is there any other options? Right now, I'm like, okay, SLC is kaput. Ogden, how you looking up there? Right. So uh, hopefully that works out. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> okay. I've, I'm done talking. I'm done talking for a minute. I'm losing my voice. Dustin, please speak. Yes, we've got another band that shared music with us. Uh, originally, CF, thank you for sharing. You emailed me way back on June 15th. It was a long time ago. Uh, the band is... The Ain't No Mountain High Enough. They're out of Washington, D.C. And I had already planned to play. And then guess what? CF sent me another email, which is fantastic, which was just uh, less than a week ago even. And so, CF, thank you very much. The band, The Ain't No Mountain High Enough, features band members that used to be in bands such as Daycare Swindlers, Ruined by Design, and History Repeated. Uh, if you get a chance, I suppose, if you're out there in uh, Washington, D.C. area, you can check them out. You'll get to see why here in just a moment. Uh, we are going to play a track from the band. Uh, it is called Unleash the Beast. 
they released that on This Is Going On, which came out June 22nd of last year. So as you could tell, about a week before this album was released, we were notified. I should have been checking it out way back then, but I just got way behind and buried. But I'm trying to get unburied, and now we are going to be playing CF's band, The Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Unleash the Beast is the track. Go check out that album. This is going on. Here we go. mountain high enough ain't no mountain high enough well i can think of a few that are arguably too high but i digress <laughs> uh good stuff cf thank you very much uh definitely looking forward to checking out your band further anybody else get out there they're on spotify as well uh go check out that album this is going on it's been out for about 10 months i should have been playing it, it was brand new but uh, as Eric said, I digress. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, Eric, let's get into our uh, discussion that we usually have on uh, live shows. You go see any live shows? Because we got some great cover-to-cover <laughs> albums on this episode. Oh, have I, have I attended any live shows? Yes, I've attended three, two of which were in the same night. Wow. <laughs> and another of which I played. <laughs> so let's talk about that one first. My band, Apathetics, played down at Platinum Music and Sports, which is my friend Blake Nuttall. Yeah, Nuttall. He's a nutcase. <laughs> uh, that's his dad's uh, record shop, which also sells a shitload of baseball cards. Cool. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, a bit of a weird combination, but hey, some people collect cards, some people collect records. Ugh, okay, that was terrible. Get them but, all in the store. Yeah, <laughs> Get them all in just one store. And 
Yeah, he's been trying to get some shows down there for uh, quite some time, and uh, yeah, he's making it happen. Good for you. Let's get some, uh, you know, let's get some shit in Provo started. Anyway, um, we played with his band just for the records, and we also played uh, just for the record. That's plural. <laughs> uh, what I said was plural. I meant singular. And we played with uh, Damn Dirty Vultures. However, uh, Damn Dirty Vultures played first, and we missed them because we're based out of Salt Lake. Me and Ben worked until 5 p.m. You expect us to be down there by 6 p.m.? Uh, Blake, 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 my friend. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, you're going to really have to set back um, the time that it's supposed to start, or we play second and or last, because we're not going to get down there in time. And we got down there as uh, damn dirty vultures were finishing up their set. So, sorry, guys. Sorry we missed you. But anyway, we played our set, and we played pretty well. At least I'd like to think we were. The fucking PA system was shitting out on us. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess the uh, I guess the fan uh, was going haywire. It was breaking. So the PA would, was just overheating. So there were times where I couldn't hear me. Josh couldn't hear his guitar. I couldn't hear Tyler's guitar or... Sometimes we were singing in the mics. We had two mics up on stage, and it was like one was working, and then another one wasn't. And it just kind of shifted back and forth that way. So we're like, okay, whatever. Just <laughs> as long as we move around a ton and act like some jackasses, who the fuck cares, right? Right. Well, us. We, we care. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but it was really, yeah, it was kind of happening on and off throughout our set, except for the, like the last three songs. That's when it was like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, our last three songs were songs that are uh, you know everybody knows because there are there are recorded singles, right? So yeah, we had a that was kind of a safety net for us. Um, but yeah, just for the record, came on after us and they closed out the set and oh my god, those guys kick ass live. They are just uh, they're just fun. They are a blast. And the funny thing was there were these uh, three or four. I think there were four little kids. Like little kids, either they were under or just barely hit the double digits. <laughs> and what was, okay, there's this little funny part. About two songs into our set, I noticed those kids were sitting on these uh, little uh, lazy boys and easy chairs in the, in the back. And I looked at them. I said, hey, hey, I noticed you kids all resting up back there. Listen. You guys have more energy than all of us combined. So what excuse do you have to be sitting down during a rock show? And, of course, they got up and started moving. I was like, yes, thank you. It's getting really awkward seeing more floor than uh, uh, people here. So at right? least make us feel like we're doing something. And, yeah, those kids, they all got up and danced. It was awesome. But what's even more awesome is in the middle of Just for the Record set, they brought up three of those kids, and they took over on guitar on drums and on bass, respectively, while uh, Blake and uh, uh, their drummer, whose name I forget, um, took over on vocals, and their guitarist, whose name I also forget, <laughs> uh, acted as sort of a rhythm guitarist. And what did they do? They played a cover of Seek and Destroy. Awesome. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, do I have to use the School of Rock line? You're 10 years old. You're already better than me. Your song <laughs> rocks harder. It's a cover song, but still, they did a great job. It was, it was awesome just seeing those kids rock out. It was like, there is hope for humanity. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, now 
don't let that guitar see the inside of your closet. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like keep, keep bringing it back. Like I said, we need more shit happening down south in Salt Lake. There's been vibrant scenes down there, but it comes and it goes. Just kind of depends on who's down there. It's like if uh, in a scene that small, if one person dips out, then the scene goes with them. Right. Yeah, that's how it happened in Ogden, you know, with uh, the shutting down of Mojo's. The hardcore scene out there just basically went extinct. That sucks. Yeah, that was a, that's uh, that was bullshit. It just uh, it was one of the links between uh, you know, from Salt Lake up to Ogden, and then we could get from Logan and then uh, Idaho from there, Boise and Pocatello. So we had like a whole network going on of all these bands that you know, and these friends, and everybody knew each other. And Ogden just went away. I was like, no. Fuck, that was the pivotal point, <laughs> point of no return, as it were. Uh, uh, once again, I digress. Most of uh, most of my dialogue on this show is uh, digression. <laughs> yeah, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, the 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 show in Provo. Uh, yeah, another uh, cover that they did was "99 Red Balloons." Oh, cool. Oh yeah, they've uh, they've always played that song live and. Blake looked down at me. He's like, Eric, you know this one, so come up and sing it. I was like, well, I don't know all of it, but I'll know the verse that I know. And they didn't play that. red balloons. Well, yeah, I know the chorus. But the last <laughs> verse where it's like, a, where, where the song just sort of uh, dies down a little bit. And then it's just the vocals like a, 99 dreams I have had, everyone a red balloon. It's all over and I'm standing pretty in this dust that was a city, and so on. But yeah, they didn't play that part. So when I was like, you know what, you invited me up on vocals, I started singing that part, and then their guitarist sort of follows suit, just starts playing the chords. You know, they don't go back into the song, but it made a nice little somber ending to that cover song. I'm like, nice. okay. Only when I come up on stage you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, regardless, just for the record, kicked ass. That's cool. Yeah, they were the guys that stole the show that night. We did pretty well ourselves, but we couldn't exactly tell if we were fucking up. Well, <laughs> I knew that I knew certain points we were. Like, uh, yeah, but it was because, uh, you know, Ben is basically the, uh, the heartbeat, and I do kind of mean that literally, of that band. We're all following him. Because he knows all the songs and the tempos behind it. He has the, all the beats memorized. The guy's a machine. That's awesome. He is actually pr it's pretty damn amazing. I wonder if he is uh, part robot. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on from there, the very next day, yeah, I was busy most of this weekend. Sounds like Very it. next day was Sacred Reich, Municipal Waste, and Carcass. Oh, yeah, that show was a, uh, that was a party. So, uh, oh, and I forgot, Creeping Death. Yes, Creeping Death, that was the first band that I saw on that bill. And what more can I say? Creeping Death is just an awesome Texas-based death metal band who, you know, have not disappointed me yet. They got some new shit coming out. They just got back from a, a European tour with Goat Whore. And or, I could be mistaken that with someone else's uh, band. Their merch guy was telling me about it, but we were talking about... We were also talking about Dead Heat. So Dead Heat might have been on that tour, but I don't remember. And yeah, regardless, new bands, you're doing well. Fucking keep it up. And yet, Creeping Death, they're still killing it on stage. 
then Sacred Reich, that was my second time seeing them. First time was also in that venue. They were opening up for Guar. 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 Yeah, Guar. Awesome band. But <laughs> and Sacred Reich is an awesome band. I'm not too familiar with a uh, you know with their music, so I was just kind of sitting there bobbing the head back and forth, really enjoying the stage show, but also really having to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had to go take care of that from time to time. Um, but really the band that stole the show that night unarguably and unsurprisingly was Municipal Waste. I've seen them a bunch of times. I lost count of how many times I've seen them and Iron Reagan alike, mostly because I forget which one was which. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're two crossover thrash bands that are fronted by Tony Foresta, and two of Municipal Waste members are in Iron Reagan, including him. So, so yeah, a lot of uh, crosshairs. But they're two awesome bands. That's cool. And they both put on awesome stage shows. And me and my friends, we were up front. We were like, uh, we were just ready to get our fucking party on. And we're getting like thrashed around and just moved about. And so many crowd surfers. So many crowd surfers. At one point, Tony took a trash can off the stage, a full trash can, and threw it into the fucking audience. Wow. (laughs) And people were tossing that whole thing all over the place like it was a fucking beach ball. I'm like, okay. Okay. That's a first. I would have expected something like that at like a crust show or a grindcore show, but a show like this of, you know, thrash and death metal and in a venue like this, I mean, the depot is pretty, uh, uh, pretty hoity toity. But I mean, I've seen weirder things. I saw Trash Talk there open up for Suicidal Tendencies back in 2014. And Trash Talk is one of the rowdiest bands I've ever seen live. They were climbing up on climbing up on the banister of the balcony that oversees the stage. <laughs> like it's uh it's it was pretty maniacal. They're not allowed back there. <laughs> oh well. Um so yeah, just uh that was pretty strange. Uh and I remember one time my uh, uh my friend Dalton, this was his first time seeing municipal waste, and he was a, he was trying to get up as a, on a crowd's on the crowd surf. So he's like, okay, people were setting him up. And I had to be in the worst place possible. <laughs> the worst place pop- possible. I was right up on the barrier, which is a great place to be unless Tony Foresta calls for everybody to crowd surf <laughs> and my friend being one of them. I feel him come behind me. I switch around. Okay, he's dipping. He's dipping. Okay, go pick him up. But here comes another one right on top of him. Oh, fuck. Okay, get him. Here comes another one. Jesus. It's like Jenga. <laughs> when, where do you keep coming from? So eventually it's just like up, up. It took like, a, God, half of the song, whatever song they were playing, I can't remember. I was a little preoccupied. <laughs> I'm just like, don't do you do it okay down there? You're not suffocating. <laughs> and I can just imagine where he was just like, okay, I, I guess I'm here for now. <laughs> this sucks. Thankfully he was okay. You know, as soon as we got the pile of people, the layers of people, we dug them out like it was an archaeological dig site. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was good. He enjoyed the rest of the show. I enjoy the rest of the show. So yeah, municipal waste. They should have a uh, uh, tough act to follow. And yeah, carcass. Yeah, they came out. It was awesome to see them. I missed them the last time they were here because they were playing one of the opening bands for a Monomarth. 
And that was the show where I was at another death metal show that same night, seeing Enforced and Undeath and what was supposed to be 200 stab wounds, but they got snowed in in Port- in Portland. Okay. I almost said Portugal. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got on the wrong airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. But so, yeah, I was bummed that I didn't get to see Carcass that night. So I got to see him this night. That's good. And it was pr- it was pretty awesome. But by then, I was super worn out. <laughs> so I just kind of hung in the back, and I just watched them all play. And I'm like, yep, it's cool seeing uh, Bill Steer just shredding away up there and just laying down some pretty uh, crazy riffs. But yeah, Carcass, they were the most reserved band. Well, maybe not. I think uh, Sacred Reich was uh, pretty reserved, but... Yeah, but even then, the gets, their uh, bassist singer was uh, moving around some. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not to not to disrespect Carcass. I mean, it's a it's a pretty municipal waste, a pretty tough act to, to follow. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but Carcass, it was still cool seeing them. At least I can say that they uh, they're off my bucket list. But by that point, half of the uh, half of the party who made the uh, sort of caravan out there uh, had left. <laughs> Thankfully, my ride had not left. <laughs> yeah, and my ride, another man named Eric actually uh, covered for me to get in. Nice. He had some uh, extra tickets, and he was like, okay, who wants one? Uh, me, me, I haven't bought mine yet. So it was pretty great. I went to see Municipal Waste and uh, others, and <laughs> I didn't buy uh, any merch because there, uh, you know, there was some cool merch, but none of which I could uh, justify spending some, some 20-odd dollars on. I was like, yeah, it's cool, but yeah. Whatever. I already got some municipal waist shirts. Right. Yeah. There was a carcass shirt that looked pretty cool, but I was like, I don't listen to him enough. So I'll pass. <laughs> the only thing I spent up there was a beer, a 24 ounce pub beer. You know how much that motherfucker cost? $12. $12. I was a lucky guess. $12 fucking dollars. I'm like, I hate this place. <laughs> so yeah, don't ever buy drinks at the at the fucking depot. In fact, what we did was we went to Aces first to get a pregame on. Nice. And and yeah, it worked. I didn't drink too much. But it was funny because we ended up back at Aces that night because Endless Struggle was doing their CD release show. They sure well, did. Not CD, but LP. Right. Oh God, that was a great one. Uh Fuck, what is the what is the LP called? Uh, that's a great question. It's like, what do we do now, I think? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the thing was, uh, Spence, you know, the guitarist of Endless Struggle and owner of Aces High, he's like, I know that most of you guys are going to be up north watching uh, Municipal Waste, but if you come back here and watch the show... We will push it back to start later. So Endless Struggle didn't get on the stage and start playing until midnight. Wow. Yeah. Usually that's when a show ends. But, you know, Spencer's the owner of Aces High Saloon. He can do whatever the fuck he wants within reason. Right. Yeah. So, and I was, and I was really bummed that I was going to miss Endless Struggle that night. I mean, it's a pretty big fucking, uh, pretty big fucking event to miss. Where do we go? Yeah, where do we go? 
That's what it was. I bring and they're that offering up. free shipping on Friday, just in case you're curious. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah. If Bandcamp you buy, Friday. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's not even Bandcamp Friday this week. It's April 20, what are we at, the 25th? So, I don't know, 28th? <laughs> we'll say in the spirit of Bandcamp Friday. <laughs> right. They're running low on combinations. They're going to offer free shipping. So, there you go. All right. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I just really need the uh, LP. Maybe a shirt. But I do want that. I do want that record. Nice. Uh, and it was great. Like, uh, oh man, the endless struggle. They are fucking insane live. They just put on such a such a hell of a show. The audience just goes fucking ballistic, especially during the uh, title track of their LP. It was that was probably the most maddening I had ever seen the crowd. They were fucking crazy. You had all the old heads up front, just like watching endless struggle, singing all the lyrics that they know. I was one of those old heads, and all the young, f- <laughs> and all the young little guys—they are just moshing their damn brains out uh, until like the last uh, five or six songs. You could tell everybody was fucking tired. I was tired. I have—I was like, oh, to be ten years younger, <laughs> I could have done this. I could have done this three nights in a row, but no, this uh, this aging old boy is uh, well past those. Well past those days. <laughs> yeah. Even if I was in uh, ship shape, I can't, I can't say that I would have the endurance or the patience to go through that. I'd probably just be bored. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say I was bored during this. I was just super fucking, uh, I was super spent. I bet. You know, you know, I go from one thrash party to a street punk party with a lot of alcohol in sight. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even drink that much. <laughs> so... I mean, moshing was my alcohol that night. <laughs> That's only half of a thrasher's diet. <laughs> oh God, what a fucking night! What a weekend! God, that was a that was a loaded that was a loaded anecdote for you guys. So uh, yeah, but that's all I have to say, except for the shows that are coming up. So let's uh, let's get to that, right? Yeah, let's get to that. Starting uh, from the uh, the twenty eighth. <laughs> <clears throat> there is a benefit for Volunteers of America, uh, yeah, the Youth Resource Center benefit show. Yeah, that just sounded weird the way I said it. <laughs> it's a benefit show for the <clears throat> Youth Resource Center division of the Volunteers of America in Utah. Yeah, that'll stick. And that's going to have uh, snuff tape, portraits, mask, and reject playing at the Beehive. A suggested donation of $12 is in order. Uh, but at that point, really give what you have. Give what you can. And that'll be starting at 6 p.m. Also that night is the General Violence Conference pre-show. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be the... Uh, this is going to be the sort of uh, dipping your toes into what's going to be coming <laughs> the day after. Now... This is going to be at Aces High Saloon. It only costs $10 to get in. It starts at 6 because it's a, well, 6 p.m. It's a pretty loaded bill. And these bands are all going to be playing uh, the actual festival on, on the 29th. These bands include Bees Churger, Generation Y, Dumpster Burner, No Ma'am, Bridge, Tel- uh, Bridge Dweller, Bridge Dweller, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> The Foilies, and Hungry Ass Youth. And then on the 29th, we will be doing General Violence Conference, but first, there is a show going on all the way the fuck up in Pocatello. Wow. Yep. It is a show. Uh, it's a benefit show for uh, the Shumway family. 
I am not sure as to why I would assume it's a death of of a close friend of the bands on this bill. And, you know, I'm not familiar with the name Shumway, but if you are, this show is happening up in uh, uh, up in the venue Sixes. That's uh, 225 Yellowstone Avenue in Pocatello, Idaho. It's uh, 6 p.m. It costs $10. All proceeds go to the Shumway family. Who was on that lineup? Godbone, Dirt Feeder, Run Into the Sun, Crow Killer, and Outlet. Outlet is the band, the hardcore band from Pocatello. They have got a they got a huge following. That's awesome. And they are and they're pretty fucking awesome. And what's more, they are getting their original lineup back together to play their first EP in its entirety. Awesome. And that is a scorcher of a fucking EP. So if you're an old head, if you love old school hardcore, like a, you know, old school being like a 2000s or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is pretty much old school considering the uh, the time and place we are in which we are living. So yeah, Outlet is a killer band to see live. I wish I could go and see that show, but apart from the distance, I am also very busy that day. <laughs> yes, you are. So yeah, let's get into the... Uh, the uh, the entree of shows that'll be happening this week. The General Violence Conference Part Two. If you don't remember, we interviewed Spencer and Tyler, the uh, creators and the sort of curators of this festival, and they kind of went into uh, which bands will be playing. But as a refresher, this is who we got. We got Choke. We got Cancer Christ, Rank and Vile, Wake of Humanity, Disease, Surge, Sputter. Rat King, Dumpster Burner, Life's Torment, The Foilies, Bridge Dweller, got it that time, <laughs> Father's Milk, Hungry Ass Youth, No Man, Generation Y, Bees Churger, Rise and Strike, Snake Eyes, Social Stigma, Threer, Portraits, Snuff Tape, Anonymous, my band, uh, Fuckskin, Total Serial, and Narc. And I think Betty's on there somewhere. They may be, they may not. I know that there was some uh, lineup changes, but whatever. Uh, that is going to be starting at uh, 12.30. That is door time. 12.30 p.m. It will be going till about 11.30. Right. Yeah. And that will be at the Art Garden. And that's, uh, that's right next to Metro. The address is 627 West, 100 South. And, yeah, it's going to be $30 in advance. So you can get it when you buy it online, aceshighsaloon.com. Uh, but if you're paying at the door, $35. Now, there's going to be wristbands. Wristbands for if you're underage and wristbands for if you're 21 plus because there will be vendors there. There will be people selling beer. There will be people selling uh, other wares, sort of like a uh, flea market type. And there will also be people selling food. So they're actually going all out with this fucking vent. Nice. <laughs> I'm excited. Anyway, so that's a... Uh, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big leg from that turkey. So consume appropriately. <laughs> Pace yourself. I mean, I'm going to be there pretty much all day because, well, my band would go on a pretty early. Like, uh, I'll post all the band's set times on the uh, on the anonymous Instagram, so you can see. Uh, you know, which bands you want to catch and what time you want to be there. But really, really, you should be there for the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Come on! Maybe you'll like something that you uh, never knew you would like. Huh? Fucks. 
Uh, but anyway, moving on from there, uh, going into May, there's a couple shows coming up. On the 4th, Skinny Puppy will be performing at The Depot. This is their final, final, final tour. That'll be starting at 7 p.m. Not entirely sure how much is going to be. I wager to say around 40, 45 bucks, give or take. I don't know how much that is with fees. <laughs> right. Well, you know how they are. They're fucking, yeah, sucks. Anyway, on the 6th, Hong Kong, Fuck You, The Runts, Bound, Narc, and Betty will all be playing at the Beehive on at 7 p.m. It's uh, $15 if you buy advance, $20 if you, um, you know, pay at the door. And, and yeah, we're looking to interview uh, Nicholas, the singer for The Runts, as really if not for the reason that they are an awesome band, but this is most likely going to be their last tour. Right, because he made an announcement that they were that they were going to be breaking up. This would be the last year that the Runts are still alive, <laughs> which sucks because the Runts are fucking awesome. But you know, if we want more ins and outs on that, I'm pretty sure we'll be getting a myriad of uh, answers along with uh, another myriad of information from Nicholas once I talk to him. Right. So yeah, that but that will be uh, further down the line, hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Right. Okay, so yeah, that was about a that was about a half hour of dialogue, was it not? Something around there, something like that. We'll get back to the music. I'm going to quickly run through a few other shows. Depending on if you're in those areas or not, you should go to them. Last week we played the band Fashion Kill. They're out of Cincinnati on April 27th. They'll be playing at Com or Comet Bar rather, and they'll be playing with Alness out of Quebec. And World Sucks, so you can go check that out if you're in Cincinnati. That's, uh, again, on April 27th. Uh, our peeps in Hans Gruber and the Diehards and Sergeant Skag, because we did an interview with both bands at the same time. They're actually going to be playing together again at Midway Cafe, Jamaica Plain. Uh, that will be uh, this Saturday, the 29th. So if you're on the East Coast and you won't be attending the <laughs> General Violence Conference because you're on the East Coast, <laughs> then uh, go to the Midway Cafe on the 29th. Go check out those bands. They'll be playing with Brunt of It as well, and also Nick and the Adversaries. It's doors open at 8, 21 and older, $10 at the door show. Get out there and support uh, Hans Gruber and the Diehards. They're doing like a six-week tour, so get out there, support them, help them pay for everything they need to pay for to keep it rolling. Then, One Nation Under Nothing album release party by Narcoleptic Youth is going to be this Saturday, April 29th. It's a 1 p.m. free all-ages show. Dr. Strange Records, head over there. You'll also get to see Dead 77, Badass, Jack Trippers, and Lost Issue. Dead 77 and Badass, both awesome. We've had Dead 77 on the show, but I've seen both of those bands live, and they are great, so... Uh, get over to Dr. Strange Records this weekend if you're uh, in that area. Then non-servium, yep, non-servium, manic Hispanic, grade two, Desmadre, Dogface Bastards, and 21 Gun Salute will be playing on Friday, May 5th. Doors open at 7. This is in Los Angeles at Bricks Rock Bar. So go check them out. Grade 2, definitely on. You know, they're, they're touring there. I think a lot of those other bands might be relatively local. I'm not sure where Non-Servium is from. But, uh, yeah, nonetheless, go check that out. Back it up a little bit again. Saturday, April 29th, you can head over to Tompkins Square Park in New York City. 
and a 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. show. Uh, it'll be a proceeds benefit raise candy store there in New York, and you'll get to see Madball, Murphy's Law, Crown of Thorns, Vulture Raid, The Capturers, and Vespid. So go check that out. Go support that. Go help support Ray's Candy Store. It looks like Facebook Black and Blue Productions. So you can get more details there if you want. Uh, Complaint is doing a tour with Queensberry Rules. It's going to start May 5th uh, in Bruges. Then on the 6th, uh, they'll be playing at Skumkatvik, I think. Uh, with the Reapers, and then on the 7th, Little Devil in Tilburg with Midnight Tattoo. So you can go check out Complaint, playing with some cool bands there, plus Queensberry Rules, all great bands, everyone I mentioned. Next up, you can go, we'll go, I think I got these in the right order. May 4th, you'll get to see the Outcasts with the Golden Shitters, the Dominion Blackout, ASOP, which is Apple Size Dollar Project. We played them before. Iron Moose. And this is uh, 930 Woodlawn Road. And that is, uh, it's probably up in Canada somewhere. Uh, Fuck You 2 and Royal City Studios. It's presenting, it's an all ages show, $20 tickets. Uh, you can just go check out Apple Size Dollar Project if you want more details. The day after, on May 5th, the Outcasts playing with the Golden Shitters and ASOP, Armed and Hammered, and that is a Man in Anger is another band. 9 p.m., $20 in advance, and that one is in Toronto, so you can go check out that because the Outcasts are doing an Ontario tour. Uh, I Still don't see the dates on that May 4th. We'll bounce back to uh, Band on Tour, Some Kind of Nightmare. Uh, we will, on the 27th, they'll be in Athens, Georgia, 28th, Atlanta, Birmingham on the 29th, Montgomery, 30th, New Orleans on May 2nd, Lafayette, Louisiana on the 4th, Houston on the 5th, Austin, Texas on the 6th, Bryan, Texas. They'll be in Texas uh, through May 9th in San, and San Antonio, and you can go see him, some kind of nightmare band on Instagram. Put an underscore in between every single word, and you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> God, if only your keyboard would allow such convenience. Right? I don't want to say underscore like five or six times, however long that was. So you'll figure it out. And finally, last one I'm going to mention, Down Not Out. Uh, they are going to be here in Salt Lake, to the today that we're recording this, or it'll be coming out, and they'll be at the House of Blues playing with Bittersweet, Griebler, Vaseline, Fern, and uh, you're gonna have to ask a punk if you want to know where it is. Five dollar show starts at six. We'll get there. They'll be playing. I think they're wrapping up their tour, so there's no point in mentioning any of those other shows. Eric, let's get into some more music. I think we both talked plenty here. Let's yeah. do some albums. What album do you got? Well, I got an album from uh, a band I have talked about uh, quite a few times on this show as they were releasing uh, quite a few singles in the last uh, couple years and an album. So that was the band Problem Daughter. And unfortunately, they are not a band anymore. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, they haven't been a band for a couple years. It was like ever since uh, 
I think it was either right as the pandemic started or uh, sometime or sometime during. I don't know, but they uh, right up until about their uh, last album that came out. I think it was a uh, uh, Grow Up Trash. That's what it was, and that came out in uh, 2018. I want to say 2019. I don't. I don't remember, but. Uh, ever since that release, they have uh, not been a band anymore, and that really sucks because they had a lot going for them. Well, I think they did. They've been a band for, they were a band for ten years, you know, two thousand nine to twenty nineteen. I think that was right around when they uh, broke up. But in their wake, they've released a lot of fucking great music from American Heroin in uh, two thousand nine, and then uh, Broken Hearts and Empty Hands that came out in uh, twenty eleven. I think. And then they did their first uh, LP, their self-titled LP, which I talked about on the show last year. And that was an eight-song album, and it was super, it was super great, <laughs> super awesome. And I mean, pretty much everything they released was super awesome. And then they released "Fits of Disorganized Boredom" in 2016. This is my favorite thing they have ever done. Uh, another eight-song album that was their debut release on Dying Scene Records, and. Then Grew Up Trash was released on Wiretap Records. So you see what I mean by they were getting some traction? Yes, they were. I really think they were going to go somewhere like, uh, you know, maybe not huge. I don't think they would have been the next Alkaline Trio or something, but <laughs> they were, they could have become close. They could have uh, been like the next, uh, I don't know, Banner Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the many uh, types of bands that have influenced Problem Daughter. So they were... You could say that they were on the road to becoming a typical pop punk band, but that's not what we got. They have like a, uh, they have a sort of different approach to it. Some of these I feel like uh, would be hardcore songs if they were just like, you know, if they just went straight heavy <laughs> riffage going on there because there's some part where it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then a bridge that doesn't really seem to wrap back around to the chorus. But it just sounds like it could be, uh, it could sound like it could be a bridge that goes into a breakdown, maybe. Yeah, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Problem Daughter, I've uh, you know I talked about them a lot. I interviewed them once on the uh, on the Soundwaves podcast. That was a uh, uh, Slugs podcast. That okay. Is still, yeah, it's still going on. <clears throat> and you can find, uh, yeah, you can find that one. Actually, I have a link to it. And I'll uh, I'll talk about that later. Uh, but, but yeah, I was talking to them, uh, right just to sort of give a promotional interview right before this album came out. So they couldn't exactly play any songs, but they were describing them to me. And one of the descriptions of a song that really stuck out to me was like a dog in that it was like a different feel for a pop punk song as it is in a lower tuning and moves a little slower, allowing, a uh, their guitarist Tyler Sison to show off some of his guitar skills, nice. and also Shane Augustus and Regan. Uh, whoa, why did I forget his last name? Ashton Regan Ashton. <laughs> their guitarist, bassist, and both of them are singers. They trade lyrics on being in a state of existential dread. Now Regan and Shane, they just uh, their vocals work so well off of each other. They're just. Uh, uh, they're kind of in the same tone, that same vocal pitch, but Regan is a lot more raspy. Shane is a lot more sultry and soaring. But it's good to hear that sort of uh, those uh, ideas, uh, those ideas, those styles combined with each other, kind of offsets each other, and it works fucking great. 
So Like a Dog is a bit of a long song. It's over uh, like four and a half minutes about. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, it's slower. You can't really think of many other pop punk songs that reach that time length. So uh, we've been talking for so long, so let's listen to music for maybe longer. <laughs> Here is Like a Dog, the down-tuned fucking super heavy problem daughter track. This is about as heavy as it gets.
So yeah, it may be a long song in uh, you know, in reference to the rest of their caliber, but it feels like it went by in no time at all, did it not? Right. Yeah, and you see what I mean by uh, you know, Tyler just uh, throwing down some really nice uh, uh, melodic licks right there. Yeah, I never said he was going to be shredding. This is a problem, daughter, not strung out. <laughs> yeah. Or Dillinger 4 or any one of those uh, metal-tinged skate punk bands. This was a, you know, these guys are a lot more reserved. They have more in com- common with uh, Alkaline Trio and None More Black, if any. Right. So, yeah, really good. Yeah, so a really good song. They even said, like, uh, they have to change tuning mid-song, like going from drop D to drop C. I was like, Really? <laughs> At least that's what uh, at least that's what uh, Regan said when I interviewed him. It w- though it was just Regan and Trey, their bassist and their uh, drummer. So I was like, huh, no uh, guitarists in this interview, so they can't <laughs> speak for themselves. So I just kind of have to take that in, uh, you know, on good faith that they know what they're talking about. Right. But then again, Regan is playing bass. He does have to match the, he does have to match the guitarist. Now, as for the uh, second song on this. I had a bit of a, uh, you know, I had a bit of a conundrum here. Not exactly a con, no, not a conundrum. It was a uh, a bit of conflict. That's that's what I was looking for, as to what songs I wanted to choose on this on this album. I thought I had my two already planned out, but then I started listening to this again. I'm like, oh wait, so I want to play a song that showcases the. Uh, what separates them from the masses, from the pop punk masses. And I was like, okay, Like a Dog or My Other House is a Meth Lab. Oh, <laughs> God, which one do I choose? So I chose Like a Dog for that one. And then I was like, uh, but what about the, uh, the upturned ones, the ones that like uh, get everybody singing along and get everybody dancing around in circle pits and everything like that? Do I do Oh Bother Where Art Thou, which is apparently my favorite fucking song by Problem Daughter? Or do I, and it opens up this album, might I add, or do I go for the one that closes this album, which is also my favorite song by Problem Daughter, <laughs> which is Dracula on a Budget. And I was like, great title. Fuck. <laughs> fuck me. So yeah, I had four songs, four songs for two different reasons to choose from. And then I thought, you know what? I can just talk about this album again. And then I put those songs in there in his place. <laughs> yeah, I've done it before, sometimes uh, on accident. But, uh, but this one, I will make a conscious effort if I if and I do decide to bring it back. So anyway, I went with uh, Dracula on a budget. I really like this one. I guess more this week because it reminds me of when we were filming the music video for it. We filmed it in the underground back in 2016. It was just them putting on a show. It was their LP release show, and they had a bunch of people filming the crowd, and that was a packed show. If if you guys remember the underground, you know how tight that space was. If you were at that show, you know how much we felt like sardines, and I just happened to be in the front. And I remember one time uh, Regan's amp gave out, and they had to uh, get another one in there. And all the while... They were getting the amp. Shane just decided to do a uh, an acoustic, electric uh, version. It was just him solo singing the song Revel. And that's my actual favorite Problem Daughter song. <laughs> it, it really is. <clears throat> and they never really played that live in a, it, 
Well, they have played it live. They just had given it a break. So the fact that it was like, hey, you know what? I'll just do it on a whim. I was like, yes, the stars have aligned. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, Dracula on a Budget was the song that uh, got the music video treatment. And you should check that out. They got plenty of uh, music videos on there, but that one was the most like guerrilla style version of uh, making a music video. It just have, you know, someone with a camera. Great. You're the cameraman. Do you know someone who's got video editing software? Yes. Do they know how to work it? Yes. All right. We got it. We'll have a music video made in maybe 10 days. <laughs> yeah. It's so like, uh, it's so cut and dry, but it's so, it's so real. Cool. I love that. And yeah, Dracula on a Budget, like I said, is one of their more uppity tracks with its uh, with its rhythm and its accompanying uh, guitar riffs. And it, it reads sort of as a tribute to the underdogs whose love and involvement in this music scene is what we strive and what we live for. Like, this is what gives us purpose. So that is probably the uh, root of why I decided to go with this one because it's a nice little, nice little upper for you guys. Good. Just to sort of remind us why we're... We're all here. So Dracula, on a budget, he's, uh, <laughs> he's doing uh, great value brand <laughs> blood.
Yeah, it just kind of uh, goes like that until the uh, very end. But it's the album closer, so they can kind of get away with it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, damn right that is true. So, <laughs> so yeah, Problem Daughter, God damn it, I miss you guys. Fuck. <laughs> I know you guys are still around. I haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, Regan, he is uh, posted up in uh, Chicago. He did he did come back a couple months ago for uh, uh, just visiting. He, and he did uh, one... A one-off acoustic show at the Beehive with a few friends. Eh, that was pretty rad. Should have gone to that. I don't know why I didn't go. I think it was <laughs> something was going on that night. Anyway, uh, but but yeah, if uh, Regan ever decides to come back here, I'm just like, okay, get back in touch. Tyler, Shane, uh, Trey, come on, come on. You don't have to release new music. Just play a show. <laughs> People will show up in droves. Uh, but for now, I'll just listen to these uh, albums on repeat. There's a lot of great songs that they've released in their in their 10-year tenure as a band. So yeah, once again, Problem Dollar, but Problem, actually Problem Dollar, that's, <laughs> you know. The dollar is having a problem at the moment. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a good title. I'm going to trademark that shit. I'm going to trademark the dollar. <laughs> Yeah, Problem Daughter, we love you. We miss you. Come back, maybe, I hope. Um, yeah, your music kicks ass still to this day. That's all, folks. All right, my album, uh, I think every year we've done the podcast. I, I've done, you know, my favorite best ofs, whatever, of each year. Well, the first two years, 17 and 18, I did. Uh, I, I took a break on doing it in 19 because I'd get so many people like, like, hey, why isn't mine? And, you know, I overlook some shit. And sometimes it's like, well, there's only so many. And I'm trying to legitimately pick the ones I thought. So I didn't do it in 2019. But if I would have, one of my favorite albums for sure would have been this album, uh, Rat's Nest from England. They released State of Suspicion. I think it's their best work, this full length. I think they've only put out like a couple singles or maybe an EP and a single or something since then. But on November 30th of 2019, the end of 2019, they released State of Suspicion. I think I've played one track or maybe two tracks prior to, so I picked two different ones, but they're both fantastic. Uh, we're just going to get into them, play some music. Guy Fox is the first track. Yes, it is that Guy Fox. If you're familiar with uh, Anonymous... Yeah, not Eric's band anonymous, but huh? the anonymous. Uh, when they post videos, they're wearing a Guy Fox mask. Oh uh, yeah, the one with the little mustache. Yes. Uh, v is for vendetta. You know those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that mask has pretty much become synonymous with anonymous. Right. And more more that than the movie from whence it came. Right. So yeah, pretty. Yeah, pretty funny for that. <laughs> exactly. Well, Guy Fox, it's a great track. We're going to listen to it. We'll talk about the next track in just a moment. Here goes. Let's take back the joy 
Guy Fox, that's the trick. That's a good one. <laughs> right? Band's great. Are you familiar with Rat's Nest? No, I am not. I'm you... familiar with a lot of bands that have rats in their name, but <laughs> never the Rat's Nest. You and everybody else that's listening, if you haven't checked out Rat's Nest, you definitely should. Absolutely check out State of Suspicion. Uh, in my cars, I typically have like an iPod with a bunch of music in, in, one, in my car. I haven't swapped the music out in a while. So I was going through and I saw Rat's Nest. This was a month or so ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't listened to this in a while. And I listened to that probably eight, nine, maybe ten times through over the last month. And just every time I got in the car, I enjoyed it. I don't drive too much, just a couple times a week, and so it wasn't like I was listening to it all day, every day, but I listened to it a ton and thought, man, I really, I need to play it. I haven't played this on the show in a while. It is a fantastic album. Again, I was thinking, God, why didn't I include this on one of my best ofs? Did I overlook this one? And then I went and saw it was 2019. I was like, oh yeah, that's the year that I didn't do a best of list. So uh, this would have been on there for sure. It's fantastic. Uh you should uh, definitely a high, high recommendation from me. I really like this band. We'll play one more track and then we'll start wrapping up the show. Hell on Earth is the track. Again, that album, State of Suspicion. Let's get into some more Rat's Nest. It's nothing but a dream the pain that we have felt. We'll die for our families. It's what we tell ourselves. We're trapped in corridors in a hall of ice and death. We're well by savages. Time for this to end. It's very simple. Trying to escape. We want our hearts back, we want our stay Cast out of villain, we send to his grave Our freedom, we want it today Dust in the world in gasoline To make our voices heard Let's fuck all the revolution We're gonna make the world burn Bullets in arms, 
Well, now, uh, that was a band that's uh, not exactly a band, but that structure of that song felt like it was a hardcore song <laughs> because it went into that slower part, not necessarily a breakdown, but with the right amount of tweaks would just have a bunch of uh, people uh, slamming the ground. Right. <laughs> with their fists. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I liked uh, I liked the first song. I liked the second song. What was this band called again? Rat's Nest. Rat's Nest. Yeah, something with the you know, rodent in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be talking about a. The next song I'll be talking about it also includes a rat. <laughs> you sure will. Uh, Rat's Nest. They're fantastic. Again, I recommend going checking out that album. If nothing else, check out that album. If you liked. Either or both of those two songs, you absolutely won't be disappointed. It's fantastic. Let's wrap up the show, though. We're winding down towards the, the kappa of the show. So, Eric. Hey, that was a nice way. <laughs> nice way of putting it. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Uh, Eric, you first. Okay. Yeah, of course me first. It's always me. <laughs> anyway. It's always you, Eric. Always you. <laughs> anyway, I'm, doing, uh, I'm playing a song called King Rat. By the band False Witness. This is their latest song. Now, False Witness, I never really talked about on this show, but uh, they are a band that came out of uh, Logan, the northernmost uh, city in Utah, the one that's kind of touching Idaho. Right. Yep, just south of Bear Lake. Anyway, uh, yeah, back in the day, Logan had a pretty, uh, a pretty decent metal scene going on, and False Swiss, uh, Jesus, False <laughs> Witness was a part of that scene. And they got a pretty decent uh, sound, incorporating a lot of uh, groove metal and thrash metal and even some uh, death metal tropes. And, and yeah, they've done pretty well for themselves. They've released their, uh, uh, their first album. Well, actually, their first EP. I can't remember what it was called, but then they did their album, Rebuild Zion. And then they released their... Uh, ah, God, what was it? Oh, here it is, In the Company of Snakes. And this is their first single that they've released since then. Company of Snakes came in uh, 2021. So their drummer and vocalist, who I'm friends with, Connor Whirling, he uh, reached out to me saying, hey, we got this new single coming out. Would you uh, mind doing a review on it? I'm like, well, I can't give you a written review, but if you send me the song, I will uh, give it a listen and see if it's uh, worth promoting on the punk cast. So I gave it a listen. And it is worth promoting. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> exactly. You no, know, I'm just talking about it just to be like, "Hey, Connor, the song sucked. I just really wanted to rub it in your face." <laughs> no, I, I won't sink that low. Uh, no, I listened to it. I liked it. I was like, "Hey, this, uh, yeah, hey, this uh, song is pretty is pretty good." Um, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. What is this song about? What inspired you to get it uh, to get it going? Well, tell me about this song. Anything you want to say? So I'm going to read it verbatim off this message that I have here. Connor responds lyrically: "King Rat was inspired by the Black Plague and the <clears throat> cyclical nature of pandemics. There always seems to be a new sickness or disease that overcomes the world and consumes both lives and people's anxiety." However, folks want to interpret. Oh, sorry. However, folks want to interpret it is totally up to them. Musically, King Rat feels a lot like a natural extension of our se- of our own sound, which has always been inspired by metalcore, deathcore, thrash, and death metal. 
And yeah, like I said earlier, this is a uh, you know this is uh, two years since the since their last album, and I'm like, well, I can't I can't speak. It's been about three years since uh, my band's last release. <laughs> oh God, uh, we're working on new shit. What? <laughs> but yeah, I w- I responded with like a yeah, very fucking profound. And that was their uh, vocalist, uh, other vocalist and guitarist McKay, who came up with all that. Cool. And I'm like, yeah, that is some uh, that is some pretty heavy and decent shit. And you're right, it does point out a lot of points. <laughs> you know, every time there has been like an outbreak and you know a new sickness, a new virus, a new disease that all comes out, and we don't know how to handle it. This is just the one that our generation has faced. You know, generations before they were experiencing, uh, you know, they were experiencing smallpox. They were experiencing the yeah the black plague as aforementioned, and the Spanish flu. Yeah, the Spanish flu, mad cow disease, the E. coli outbreak. You know, there's always something that's uh, coming up, and how do we react? Well, we react accordingly. We try and figure out a way that we can uh, overpower this disease. COVID just uh, for some reason was a different beast. Yeah, and no one really knows where it came from. Of course, everybody says, oh, the Chinese laboratories. It's like, it's not conclusive. Well, it depends on what you read and what you believe, but even uh, the government, our government that tried to say it wasn't is now coming out saying it, it was. So, mm. so m- maybe more or less it might have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the point is just to uh, you know, just be careful who you trust and also just be careful what you're uh, – uh, be careful what you're believing because, yeah, plagues equal human anxiety because, yeah. you know, and it also equals human denial. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the only people who are in denial are the ones who haven't experienced it. Right. Or maybe they did experience it and they just don't notice. I didn't notice when I had it. I I felt it more when I got the actual vaccine. Uh, but regardless, that's pretty much what the song is about. King Rat. The latest from False Witness. I hope y'all enjoy this.
Yeah, it kind of sounds like if uh, Lamb of God aimed a little more on the uh, deathcore side. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Connor's vocals uh, sound pretty similar, uh, if not if not identical to Randy Bly's, except for when he gets in those low growls. Yeah, Randy doesn't exactly go that deep. Um, and yeah, Lamb of God, they have their share of breakdowns, but these breakdowns sound more attuned to, uh, uh, more akin to Whitechapel and uh, Chelsea Grin, those types. So they're walking that kind of fine line between uh, groove metal and death core. So, and, and I kind of like it. I like what they're doing there. So, uh, so yeah, Connor, McKay, uh, the rest of you guys, <laughs> I don't know all you guys' names, but you guys are on a good track. Keep on it. I uh, wish I could see you guys a lot more if you didn't live so fucking north, but fuck. <laughs> like I said earlier about the uh, the chain link being broken <laughs> back when Mojo shut down. Yeah, man. The last time I saw False Witness was, uh, it was with them, Disengaged, and my old band, Suburban Hellkill. We all played a show together at the Beehive back in, I want to say, uh, 2017. Yeah, it sounds about right. And yeah, that, that was definitely the last time I'd seen them. I honestly thought they had disbanded after that because they've been so quiet or I hadn't been paying enough attention, which apparently I haven't. I didn't know they released another album a couple years ago. So, <laughs> Okay, well, uh, uh, but yeah, I've gone on long enough. False Witness, you guys are kicking ass. Can't wait to see what else you got more, and I can't wait to see you guys live again. I know you will be playing down here soon, or maybe my band has to come up there and play a show. <laughs> and Connor's got some other uh, stuff going on. I know he's got another, like, sort of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, an industrial sort of dark wave project that he's working on. Yeah, and that's been pretty active. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see that too. All right, so false witness, kick ass. What do we got to close out the show, sir? We're gonna close out the show. We're running low on time, so we're gonna get to the track. Uh, it's kind of an alternative, like uh, the last few alternatives that I played. They're like that. Alternative, but when alternative was kind of blending in with some other shit. Uh, this band is Elwood. It's uh, named after the guy Elwood. Uh, it was kind of when alternative was, you know, you had your Rage Against Machine and you had some bands that kind of had almost hip hop infused alternative, as it were. And you'll get what I mean. Uh, are you familiar with Elwood? Um, I'm familiar with uh, Elwood from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Not it. Uh, th this person, Elwood, he is from Portland, Oregon. Uh, as far as I can tell, only put out one release. It was in 2000. It's called The Parlance of Our Time. And uh, there's a handful of tracks that I enjoyed. I actually do own the CD still, still have it. Uh, we're going to play my favorite track, and it's probably the one that got the most radio play, or I don't know if any of the other ones did have radio play. Way too long ago, well over 20 years since this thing was uh, and some sort of pop culture, I'm sure. But uh, we're going to bring it back, and I think it's just a cover, if I'm not mistaken, of something else. I, I know my mind's drawing a blank, but either way, I like this version. Here we go. It's Elwood with Sundown. I can see. 
see a line back in a satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess She was a hot pocket mumbling Moving in the oven and turn potato, turn potato Be what's the deal Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick When it's time to get busy, out the hat comes a trick So when the sun goes down, you better take care For fine, you've been creeping around my back stair Sun down, you better take care If I find you in Yo, is it dress up? Oh, indeed. Then tell them how it is, B. Bring them up speed. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. When it's time to get busy, out the hat comes a trick. It's a shame when a game leaves you out the frame. It's the love for the sinners, us losing and the winning. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. Every move that a man can make You took steps, you fell in love And that's your first mistake You in a hole, got a pole But you shimmy up the wrong hey, way Hey, the sun's going down And I feel like it's my last day Sun down, you better take care If I find you down that's elwood originally that tr- song written by gordon lightfoot oh really yes huh. did that sound familiar to you the song had you heard it somewhere i think it's been in soundtracks movies you know so forth no i can't say that I not have. elwood's version obviously <laughs> no i can't say that i have more of like a, a classic 70s 
60s, 70s style song, obviously uh, Gordon Lightfoot uh, way back when. Well, not off the top of my head, but but I will say it did have a uh, 70s rock vibe to it. It's sort of like if you uh, uh, toned down a lot of the uh, funkiness and jumpiness of uh, Faith No More, then yeah, you would basically have these guys. At least that's what it sounded like to me. Right. Uh, this particular track, Gordon Lightfoot was born in 38. Uh, I'm not sure when Sundown. Uh, looks like maybe 74-ish. Oh, yeah? Quick, quick look. So Sounds shows about you right. about when. Elwood, also known as Prince Elwood Strickland the third. Uh, again, that was the parlance of our time. That track was on there, but it is a full length. has several other tracks that just happen to be the Gordon Lightfoot cover-ish. But... The alternative that I was getting at is like that last one, Fun Loving Criminals, if you've heard the band, Bad Ronald and stuff like that. Alternative was kind of its thing in the 90s through towards the end of the 90s, but then those alternative channels still playing some of that stuff, but then it was blending in with this style of music, Elwood, Fun Loving Criminals, and so forth. That's why I'm kind of playing mm. it here. You might not hear that much of it because I just don't think that's a style of music that gets a lot of recognition or play anymore. But nah, there you go. Only the hits on corporate radio. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's Elwood. I. I like it. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have played it. But, uh, you know, kind of relive and bring back in case people out there have forgotten. That's the end of the show, though. We're wrapping up. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in, listening all the way up to this point. We were a little chatty about some stuff on this one, but still a lot yeah. of great music nonetheless. That's how we do. On uh, You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Verbal, and slcpunkcast.com plus I'm sure plenty of other places. The bands are found on Instagram at Rancid, at Voice of Addiction, at Freedom Punk, at Supermodel Taxidermy, at I Set My Friends on Fire, at A N M H E D C, and that's Ain't No Mountain High Enough. But uh, it was, uh, you know, all the beginning letters there, acronym DC, at Problem Daughter, at <laughs> In the Rat's Nest, at False underscore witness underscore UT. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on my uh, personal Instagram page at scary uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. Uh, you can find my bands Anonymous and Apathetics on Instagram at Anonymous underscore band official and at the Apathetics SLC. Also on Facebook at Anonymous SLC and at The Apathetics. Find us both on Bandcamp at Anonymous SLC and TheApathetics.Bandcamp.com. Uh, check out my other podcast at Lead Melodies underscore podcast on Instagram. And on Facebook at Lead.Melodies.Podcast.SLC. And stream the episodes on Anchor.FM if you look at Lead Melodies. Uh, follow the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore. And also, quick thing. I now have a link tree. Nice. I started my own link tree. Um, you can access that on my Instagram, and that just gives you uh, so, uh, links to select articles that I had written on shows and albums and also various interviews I've done and also the latest uh, SLC Punkcast episode. Boom. So, yeah, if you're looking to listen to the latest episode and you hear about it from my Instagram, you follow that link, you'll get another uh, myriad of shit that I've done throughout the years. It's not a lot. I've done so much. These are just the ones that I feel are uh, more more of a standout to me. Cool. So, so yeah, there you go. That also counts as my uh, final thoughts for this episode. <laughs> Excellent. Well, the bands are found on Facebook at Rancid, at VOA Rockers, at 
Freedom Punk at Supermodel Taxidermy at ISMFO Tunes. And that's I Set My Friends on Fire. Same thing I was just talking about for the at A-N-M-H-E-D-C for Ain't No Mountain High Enough. That's where you can find them on Facebook as well. At Problem Daughter at In the Rat's Nest. At False Witness Band shows that LSLC Punkcast. Thank you everybody for joining and tuning in all this way. Eric's got one final thought, and then we're out. General Violence Conference this Saturday at the Art Garden. If yeah, come for us, come for the rest. We are going to have a fucking splendid time. Yeah, Art Gardens. Also follow the SLC Hardcore page. I'll post it there too. Play the fucking outro.